Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the King Kong Minute Podcast, the show where we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate the 2005 film King Kong one minute at a time. I'm Terry. And I'm Steven. And today we're going to be talking about minute number 19. This minute starts with the reveal of the venture and ends with some tense dialogue between uh, Englehorned Denim and Anne. This is a good minute. This yes. Is a real good minute. Yes, it is. It, <laughs> this, oh, this, this is beautiful. Uh, that's a Gravity Falls reference. I know I said Avatar The Last Airbender was the greatest show, but, oh man, Gravity Falls is tough competition. I mean, The Greatest Showman. <laughs> Sorry, you said Greatest Show. That got me thinking about Greatest Showman. That's a great musical. So we're going all over the place. Welcome to King Kong Minute. That, that's Ooh, us. Ooh, has anyone, has anyone done The Greatest Showman Minute? I will absolutely do that. I'd be willing to do that. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun one. I love The Greatest Showman. Um, oh, man. The thought of doing a musical on MXM format, though, was kind of weird. It would be a lot of lyric dissection and a lot of choreography dissection for, Oof. for like, uh, the number, like, the uh, different musical number scenes. Yeah, I'm not a dancer, so let's uh, let's not. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's don't and say we did. Um, so the venture, the venture. There she is, man. That is one sexy tramp steamer. <laughs> I'm glad you put the st- uh, steamer in there. <laughs> I was thinking that same thing. Um, <laughs> it's actually this one over here. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> this tiny little rusted looking. Hey, I don't know, but cargo she- ship. She looks she's, infinitely more interesting, though. She's got it where it counts, kid. Yep. She might not look like much. Exactly. Man, <laughs> we are all just suckers for scrappy underdog ships, aren't we? It's true. Do you think this ship uh, did the um, Singapore run in less than 12 furlongs? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that works. Uh, but no, I would say that the SS Venture is one of the most original iconic vessels in that way i mean this predates the uss enterprise this predates the millennium falcon this predates mm-hmm. oh um fire this predates serenity oh like, serenity um, that's the name of my current car nice um <laughs> i almost committed the cardinal sin and called it firefly <laughs> oof almost i stopped myself um Is that like a uh, slave one versus fire spray Ooh, yeah um or (laughs) oh and i'm gonna kick myself i was thinking of can't remember the name of the other ship um no worries but yeah no it's like ss venture so immediately recognizable as just that iconic ship and it is so Mm -hmm. so often cross-referenced in other similar pop culture stuff um again if you look on the king kong wiki it pulls a lot of this so Mm -hmm. obviously um, Steven, I think I should, I'll like, oh, yes, turn the cro- it over to me. I'm going to turn it, I'm going to turn it over to you for the <laughs> first cross reference that I had on my yes. list, because I think it's only right that you should talk about this one. Me being the massive, uh, fan of Jurassic Park that I am. You read my mind. Um, yes. Not only, not only, well, <laughs> big surprise there, you and me. Um, not only does Jeff Goldblum reference King Kong in the first film, uh, 1993, um, the 1997 sequel to Jurassic Park um in a similar story where a ship is bringing back a creature from an island a very large creature specifically to exploit for uh money and showbiz basically um 
the venture is seen bringing the t-rex back from isla sorna to san francisco um so yeah it's the venture you see the name right on the ship as it crashes into the dock so it's yep. definitely reference to this yep um yeah what if godzilla but dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> did you did you ever watch my youtube video i made yeah you did okay yeah. so for those listening i made a i made a youtube video I was my best one so far. (laughs) I gave up on my YouTube channel a long time ago, but my videos are still up. Um, I had a video called Jurassic Kongzilla, which basically proved that um, Jurassic Park, Godzilla, and King Kong all took place in the same universe. Now, this was before um, the new... um, Is it Warner Brothers? New Line Cinema? Whatever it is. I can't remember. The new uh, MonsterVerse, basically. But, um, given... Basically, I'll give you a rundown. Jeff Goldblum references King Kong in the first Jurassic Park film. The Venture is in the second film. So we can assume that um, King Kong is at least referenced in the Jurassic Park franchise. Then you get the fact that we know that King Kong and Godzilla are in the same franchise because there was the 1962, I believe, Japanese uh, movie, mm-hmm. the Toho. Yep. Um, Godzilla versus King Kong movie or King Kong versus Godzilla, whatever it is. So we we know they're in the same universe. Yep. And in the Lost World Jurassic Park, there's a scene when the uh, T-Rex is rampaging around San Francisco where uh, you see this Japanese man running away mm-hmm. speaking Japanese. Translated, he basically says, I left Japan to get away from this. Yep. Which, <laughs> which of course, is a reference to Godzilla. Uh-huh. Altogether, it's a, it's a uh, cinematic universe long before Marvel. Yes. The dark <laughs> universe, that actually kind of worked. <laughs> if you knew to look for the clues. Yeah. So thank you to the venture for that. Yes. All right. So uh, we have a few other cross-references, at least one more. Um, mm-hmm. In the... Oh, crap. Did it come out in 2004, Sky Captain? Um, I, think, I actually don't know. I think 2004. Um, a ship named the Venture is seen as one of the wrecks seen on the seafloor in an underwater scene in Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Which did come out in 2004. Just looked it up. Dope. I remember correctly. <laughs> um, yes. And again, which is an adventure, action-adventure film. Very similar tone. Very similar time period. Even starts in 1930s New York as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and theoretically, you can see King Kong and the Empire State Building in the background of that film in the opening scene when the robots are attacking. Interesting. But I never found it. I kept looking for it because I knew I, I looked online it was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. I never found it. Um, it also shows a uh, hypothetical, like, sort of alternate take on history that we've kind of mentioned before um, that showcases one of the original intended uses of the Empire State Building to be a, um, a dirigible anchor point. Um, so yeah, it's like as an interesting take on alternate history, when Sky Captain opens, you see the uh, airship that's docking at the top point of the Empire State Building is, the, like, the Hindenburg 3, actually. Um, so it's, like, an alternate universe where um, those types of airships did not fall out of uh, commonplace usage, and they actually stayed, and the Empire State Building was used as, like, an airship dock, which is very retro-futuristic, and I loved that concept. Um, of course, the and this was actually mentioned in the um, King Kong um, behind-the-scenes uh, documentary, that's included in the bonus uh, footage. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they they mentioned when they're talking about in 30, uh, the building of the Empire State Building. 
um, that other than just being a massive vanity project for the former mayors of New York. Um, but no, seriously, it was. Um, but hmm. it was also like it's cause it basically designed like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's not just like this total vanity project to basically keep this former New York mayor in the public eye. We could make it an airship dock. That's pretty cool, right? Except for when you get into the, the logistical facts of the uh, ridiculous air, like the ridiculous wind speeds created by the skyscrapers would make it uh, borderline yeah. suicidal to try to dock an airship. <laughs> so um, I did just look, and as far as I can tell, I don't believe Sky Captain Minute has been taken yet. Okay, you know what? Let's put a pin in that. We just might <laughs> put have to in do a notebook that. somewhere. Yeah. Um. If not, oh, man, it could be in our hypothetical Patreon as a uh, tone Ooh. similar movie. There we go. Yeah, the hypothetical Patreon that has not been announced or plugged yet because I'm not sure. <laughs> Boy, that anagram's gonna suck. Oh my gosh, that acronym's gonna suck. <laughs> acronym. Yeah. There we go. That's funny. Um, okay, anyway. So, Terry, where else has the uh, venture shown up? Anywhere else you know of besides those two movies? I actually don't know. Uh, honestly, that was all that I had. Um, but I do have okay. some other details to just talk about the venture itself. Go for it. So, I couldn't find much about uh, Surabaya. Um, this fact that it is imprinted below the venture's name that indicates that mm-hmm. it's port of origin where it was constructed. Um, right. At this point in the 30s, Surabaya was the second largest port city in Indonesia. Um, it only just lost the record of being the largest port city at the time. And okay. it had fairly productive and prodigious shipyards at the time. Uh, mostly, I think it just says a lot about the travel history of the venture that it was built in a remote trade city in the Far East. Like, this was not constructed in the United States. This was not even constructed in the United Kingdom. Like, Belfast shipyards, for example. That one's for you, Stephen. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harlan and Wolf? Mm-hmm. Wait a second. In 19... 19- Harland and Wolf was the the shipbuilders that oh, built Titanic. Gotcha. All I knew was that it was <laughs> Titanic was built in Belfast. Um, yes, it was. I want to go to the museum there. Anyway, yeah. continue on. Um, so it says a lot that um the venture wasn't built in the U.S. or the U.K. at all. It was built in the Far East itself. It this mm-hmm. ship in every way definitely looks well traveled. This yes. this baby has been there. <laughs> um, and. You know, definitely shows all that wear and tear. Um, Despite the life-size prop ship's antiquated-looking design, the ship was actually a 1950s light cargo ship Mm -hmm. and was rebuilt heavily for the film. Um, And, you know, it's really funny that you see a sunk ship by the name of the Venture in Sky Captain because after filming, this ship itself was stripped of all equipment and sunk as a coral reef around somewhere around Australia or New Zealand. Yes, which is exactly my point that you brought up first. So, haha, <laughs> you win. Sorry. Um, no, you're fine. Uh, there's actually an extensive look at the reconstruction of the 1950 ship um, in the behind-the-scenes stuff for King Kong in the, uh, I think it's the Ultimate Edition Blu-ray. Um, and there's a there's a good half hour, if not more, where they talk about the reconstructing the ship to make it uh, into the venture. Nice. So, and there's actually, I mean, there's the, the, the ship that they did the full... Um, remodel mm-hmm. of the outside. Well, all of it, but there's that ship. Then they built a second ship that didn't actually go out to sea. It was just like the deck reconstruction for filming because um, Peter Jackson was not a fan of going out on open ocean and getting seasick. Yeah. So um, he basically built a second ship so he didn't have to go out in the ocean to film. Nah, Jackson, commit to it. Denim would have done it. <laughs> Denim would have done it. Did he have a choice? Mm. <laughs> Get it? That's uh-huh. this minute. Anyway. 
Or is that the end of next minute? I'm sorry, that's the end of next minute. No, is it? I don't know. Hang on. Hang on. It is the end of okay. next minute. I have it written down. <laughs> I I stole material from Ed. Um, and this is, of course, uh, is the thumbnail of the week that I have on the YouTube uh, uh, yes. page with Anne stepping out of the taxi. That's the good stuff. I am proud of this painting. It is beautiful. <laughs> my my dog is barking again. I'm sorry. Um, one more thing on the venture. It appears sure. to carry three times the crew that it actually needs, which would explain why there were more during all of the uh, various exploits on uh, Skull Island. Um, red shirts? Basically, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, for those unfamiliar, which if you're listening to a movies by minute podcast, you probably are familiar. But that's okay. Red shirts being uh, the extras they would basically send down with Captain Kirk in the uh, original Star Trek episodes to die on a planet. You wear a red shirt, you're dead. So that's what the extra venture film crew was for to be a uh, monster fodder. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a storied so, tradition, but a grisly one. It is. So we do get some very pretty night shots um, of this harbor with the the fog and you get the the glow of the lights through the fog. Mm-hmm. And it's a very romanticized look at this ugly ship. I mean, yeah, but hey, that's the whole shtick here. That's, that's true. It is uh, once again, it's Denim's whole mantra and his like his whole essence just crystallized and personified in this moment. It's true. It's a very dramatic moment for a very underwhelming ship. <laughs> Um, and I did write, uh, next note, you get very brief glimpses of three characters that will continue to show up a lot. Yes. And are pretty important. Gotta see um, one of my favorite characters. First mate, Mr. Hayes. Mr. Hayes. Wait. He's awesome. Does he have first? I mean, I'm sure he has first name. I just don't know what it is. Um. Do you know? Oh, I'm gonna kick myself. Hang on. I'm first looking, mate, Hayes? I'm looking it up That's now. his first name. If you look it up on his birth certificate, it just says, it just says first mate. Um, but you see Andy Circus. Briefly, very briefly, dumping a, a bucket of what can be assumed to be a chamber pot or something like that over the water. But I, we'll, we'll save our Andy Circus stuff. But Andy Circus is seen for the first time. Definitely Benjamin Hayes. Benjamin Hayes. Benjamin Hayes was a quad de guerre holding World War One veteran who was acting first mate on the venture. Well, there you go. Um, so you see Hayes, you see... Briefly, Lumpy, the ship's cook, Andy Circus, and then you see Herb, um, the older gentleman, the cameraman. But um, we'll get there. But you see, you get to see them briefly. That's kind of what I wanted to know, basically. And then, of course, um, one of the cooler characters who doesn't really have a lot to do in the film, but he is pretty awesome, mm-hmm. is Captain Anglehorn. Yep, I love Anglehorn. Thomas Crushman did just a great job. Of his performance he did he did um he's i did not even realize so i've seen him in other things that i didn't realize it was him um nate first and foremost would be baron von strucker from the mcu that's right i thought he was familiar somewhere <laughs> exactly he did the um he is responsible for um scarlet witch oh man and and quicksilver who is not called quicksilver at all in the film <laughs> well i think he was in was he in two movies? No. In in no. He was he only was in, in Age three of quarters of one of them. <laughs> he was only in Age of Ultron. Yep. Right? Interesting. But yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that was him until I was looking at his IMDb and I was like, oh, that's him. Mm, yeah, we got cheated. 
<laughs> um, Age of Ultron is deeply flawed. Thanks, Joss Whedon. It's good, but I it, like it. It, it. It is good. <laughs> it is seriously good. Um, most largely because um, James Spader absolutely knocks it out of the park wow. with Ultron. <laughs> James Spader knocks it out of the park, and you could end that sentence right there. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, so Thomas Kretschmann also appeared. Uh, Englehorn also appeared. Uh, with Adrian Brody in another movie, oh. The Pianist, oh, which I have not seen. Right. Which I have not seen, The Pianist. Um, he was in Blade 2, which I also did not see. No, but now, especially with Blade re-entering the MCU very soon, I suppose I will have to finally watch them. Right. Um, and here's, here's a funny series of three films he was in. He was Dracula in Dracula 3D. Interesting. And he was, he was in... He was Van Helsing in a TV series of Dracula. Oh, that's great. And then he was also in a Frankenstein TV movie. <laughs> Wait, what TV series did he play Van Helsing in? I don't know. It was IMDb. It said a uh, TV series called Dracula. Hang so on. I didn't look into it. Wait. Sure. I might have to <laughs> look at that real quick. While you look it up, though, I can say one more thing. Yes, please he was do. In two, he was in two different movies that were filmed 20 years apart, both called Stalingrad. Huh. 1993 and 2013 he was in two movies called stalingrad so um eventually when we uh maybe do our hypothetical episode where we do a dream cast um i have someone that i i could see playing uh englehorn if we Mm. if we couldn't have thomas kretschmann doing it but i'll i'll wait until we do that hypothetical episode gotcha yeah never mind it wasn't the dracula tv series i was thinking of so never mind I I didn't know there was a Dracula TV series. The only Dracula that I can think of is that awful. I'm sorry for those who like it. It has its fans, but the Keanu Reeves, Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, okay, Bram Stoker's Dracula. So I are, you like that one, don't you? Well, here's the thing. The reason <laughs> I like it is because I'm also a huge D and D fan right now. Okay, cur- and currently I am running um one of D and D's uh, fifth editions published campaigns, Curse of Strahd which is okay. um, basically like a direct Dracula analog in its campaign structure. It's a gothic horror-themed um, campaign set in a vaguely Eastern European country with the final, like, ult- the ultimate antagonist basically being the vampire count of the region. And okay. a lot of the same plot points from Bram Stoker's Dracula basically show up in Curse of Strahd, except done better. But I still okay. like Bram Stoker's Dracula as like tonal inspiration for a lot of the stuff. Um, obviously, it's deeply flawed. Obviously, Keanu Reeves never should have attempted a British oh. accent. It's heinous. Oh. Um, it is. It's terrible. But all the same, for all its hamminess and for all of its really weird sex scenes. Sorry, but uh, nope. You're yep. Um, I still do enjoy it. Like I like what they tried to do, and I can admire it even as I fast forward through a lot of it. <laughs> Um, I watched it once, and as someone who does like Dracula very much, um, I watched the BBC three-part series of Dracula. Mm. I don't know if you saw that. Yes. It was a little weird. A little weird. Um, I, I love the, um, the 1931 film. Mm-hmm. Love it. Oh, yeah. Bela Lugosi. It's definitely, you know, if you haven't seen it and you try to watch it in 2022, you might feel a little like, okay, but... You just got to appreciate it for what it is. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I saw, oh, on another note, you know, this is definitely Dracula Minute, but that's okay. Um, 
Bella Lugosi's uh, cloak that he wore in that film. I got to see it. At, it's at Universal Studios. That's cool. Um, they have a, a horror makeup show that they do, and yes. it's, it's in the lobby there. So I've, I've seen Bella Lugosi's I, cloak. Actually, another thing about it, I have seen that too because I remember seeing that makeup show myself. Nice. Um, so, I was mostly there for the Hitchcock yeah. memorabilia, but that I def- okay, remember seeing, cool. and I definitely appreciated that. So as a um, as a, a general fan of Dracula, not not a huge fan, but as a general fan of Dracula, oh, that movie was painful. Yeah, that's it just fair. Was we ha- honestly there were good parts. Sorry, we honestly it's really frustrating because uh, maybe someone maybe a Dracula fan listening to this will at me for this, but I don't think we've gotten our fully successful dracula film adaptation not since 31 anyway well not not even even that took severe <laughs> liberties from the original novel was, okay so do you mean accurate or successful <laughs> uh ideally both okay well yeah because successful monetarily um, 31 obviously right did it. i i will say uh bram stoker's dracula definitely did came the closest to um taking the approach that the novel did where basically the entire plot point like every plot point is told secondhand through letters diary entries right. journal entries and missives right um, which was definitely done well because mm-hmm. i did read the original too so i i appreciated mm-hmm. that oh also absolutely objectively the score for that movie was awesome i will have to rewatch it i don't remember the score because i was just so offended <laughs> um just listen okay even just go back in youtube and just search bram Stoker's dracula the vampire hunters okay. just listen to that um audio Oh, it's so awesome! It is grim. It's dark. It's compelling. Um, it is. I feel like, it's good. It's a good film score. I feel like I'm remembering something. Wasn't that a? Was it Brendan Gleeson? Brendan? Brendan? No, I suck at this. Mad Eye Moody. Wasn't he Van Helsing? No, that it was Anthony Hopkins. So who am I thinking? Of? He definitely played Van Helsing in something. Possibly. There. Uh, he, he'd, I be, swear he'd, he be, he'd be very good Van Helsing. I just can't. Oh, he would. I just can't I swear think of anything. Did. Sorry guys. Okay, but I mean not not that Anthony Hopkins isn't amazing. That's I guess that's why I was so offended. His German accent. I love Keanu Reeves. The, well, that too. The accent. <laughs> okay, basically other than Oldman's own honestly pretty solid uh, like Eastern European Russian accent, pretty much all yeah. the accents in that movie were tenuous at best. Welcome to Dracula Minute, but I'm going to keep going here. Give me a minute. Um I love Winona Ryder. Yes. I love Keanu Reeves. I love Gary Oldman, and I do like Anthony Hopkins as well. I like Gary Oldman. Maybe that's too. why I was. He was in it. Yeah, man, I need to rewatch. He's Lucy's this movie. husband. Oh, okay. See, I don't even remember that. So that's why I was so. I was like, it had so much potential. Yeah, and I didn't like it. It had a absolutely packed cast. So. Well, anyway, so yes, Thomas yeah. Kretschmann has been in multiple versions of Dracula. Guys, you knew what you signed up for with this. You did. I almost apologize, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I feel like a couple of the other minute by minute guys have uh, gone off the rails like this, so it's not like I feel mm-hmm. all that sorry. No, and at least everything that we talk about is connected to at least an actor or a scene or a reference right. or something related to this. Right. Um, and odds are, you guys are probably going to have at least somewhat similar interests to us. So we hope. We I hope. <laughs> Um, the only other note I honestly have for this is how many bad checks does Denim have floating around right now? I mean, really, he's got to have the FBI and the IRS and conniptions. <laughs> he has all of the bad checks floating around. Yeah. 
Um, I like the line. What is it? Hoist up the mainsail, raise the anchor, whatever it is you do. We got to move. Yeah. Or we got to leave. Is... I mean, that's me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not like I know anything yeah, It's about like, blah, 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 blah. Ship jargon. Here's actual ship <laughs> jargon. English, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. What did he say? Manifest? Yes. And he's like, English, please. I'm like, come on. Manifest? That's not that's... hard. That's not hard. Then from a, from, from a, wait, no. That wasn't him. I was about to say, as someone who knows the word debacle, but that wasn't him. That no, was no, him. No. Never mind. That was thuggish executive. Yes. Thuggish um, yet verbose executive. <laughs> but, like, you'd think Carl would know the word manifest. Like, he's not, he's not, he doesn't seem stupid. He just seems, you know, mm-hmm. conniving. Man, I, I but, uh, man, I don't now. I don't want to think about um, Carl Denham's education history. Um, yeah, neither do I. <laughs> I was like, oh, we go down that rabbit hole, and I was like, nah, nah, we're good. <laughs> nah, that's that's fine. <sighs> oh man. And so they stepped away from the rabbit hole. Yes, for once. Um, Alice would be proud of us. Gosh, uh, that is pretty much it for that one. I think um, the venture was the big star of this minute. Without yes, a doubt. For sure. And I think we knew it was going to be a long minute. Yeah. So. Yep. That's definitely all I got. All so. right. So I think we will wrap it up, guys. You will hear us when you hear us. On the next episode of the King, King Kong, Kong Minute. Minute.